Don Rahul Jimenez. How amateur is that? Like, you don't even see that down in the park. If they, if they lose, it provides great content. I am supporting every team that plays break. I'm not making a documentary this year about how shit my club is. Mudman, thank you as always. Who would you rather lose it to, by the way, me or Johnny? That's Sophie's choice. You've been suffering the last 40 years, bro. Nah, no, 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 no. Hello, and welcome back to the Football Babble. Wednesday, the 14th um, of April. Just before Liverpool kick off against Real Madrid in their Champions League quarterfinal, Tyler Anfield. So we're trying to rattle through a podcast here for you this evening because it's been quite a busy week for us. Um, it's just myself, Phil, joined by the very bold Darth Mudd, Cousin Mudd. How are you, sir? I'm very well. How are you, Phil? I'm all good, thank you. No one ever asked me, so thank you. appreciate that. Um, we're also joined by the brain and fellow Liverpool fan, Patrick. How goes it? How goes it, Phil? How are you? I'm good, thank you very much. This is a running team night. And also, uh, the boss of the, of the operations, uh, my my brother-in-law, the Chelsea fan, is already sitting comfortable in the semi-finals. Brett, and you've had a good week. How are you, sir? Great. It's great to be back. And how are you? <laughs> yeah, I'm all right. Uh, that's good. Uh, it's all three of us. I should know you to mention that at the start, Mankers. Um So we're going to get into it tonight. Uh, obviously, Chelsea, as I said, they have qualified already. They're waiting the winner of um, Liverpool and Real Madrid tonight in tonight's quarter-final in the next round. Uh, we'll chat about how they got through. We're going to chat about this match coming up. Obviously, there's been an interesting team who's been picked. Um, we're going to thoughts on that. Uh, Northern Ireland women, they qualified for the Euros. Massive moment for Northern Irish sport um, and for women's sport as well, unreal. And the Arsenal, they have a big week coming up and then a good win at the weekend. So we'll get Johnny's thoughts and, and views on all of that. Uh, we'll start just quickly and get this out of the way. Liverpool team has been released. Paddy, uh, the team, obviously Alisson, the normal back four that we have at the minute with um, Trent, Phillips, Quebec and Robertson. The midfield, which is potentially where the talk about is going to come from tonight, is Fabinho Milner, Antonio Wijnaldum, and then it is the usual front three. So Jota, Thiago, Oxley, Chamberlain and Keita are all on the bench to come on. And Shakiri. Remember, you can make five subs in Europe, so maybe that's Jürgen's thoughts. Paddy, you're the Liverpool fan on this as well. What was your initial reaction when you saw that team news? Initial reaction was a wee bit of surprise. Uh, I think you and I both talked, spoken earlier on this evening uh, about what club or about what we would do and what club might do. Um, and I think we're probably both slightly surprised by by that. I think there's been talk during the week that Milner might be involved, but considering the impact Thiago had when he came on in the first leg. Um, just sort of knitting the play together a wee bit and playing incisive passes. I'm surprised not to see him start. Uh, that midfield three worries me a little bit in terms of creativity with Fabinho, Milner and Wijnaldum. Very workmanlike midfield, which is what Liverpool are used to. But um, when the front three are in such sort of poor form, well, maybe maybe notwithstanding Salah, uh, I would have liked to see maybe a bit more of a, a creative spark in there and uh, just to, to feed the front three a little bit. So... A little bit surprised by that. Jota has been informed for the club and country, um, and maybe slightly surprised to see him as Mane has been in such poor form lately. But uh, in Klopp we trust, but we'll we'll go for it. And 
I know, as you said, you know, the five subs in Europe, Jota and, and Thiago are there uh, in reserve. Um, what I would imagine that they're doing is they don't want to sort of go balls out at the start and throw the tie away in the first half hour. They're maybe trying to be, be solid and, and um, be patient. So, yeah, super, slightly surprising, but but we'll see. And, and Phillips in Quebec, obviously, is pretty uh, a pretty in its infancy as a partnership and it can be fairly be. So they, they need to have the game of their lives and so does the keeper, I think. Breton, you were saying before we came on that it's not what you'd have done. What would you have done if you were picking the Liverpool team tonight? I'd have had Thiago and Jota on the pitch, <clears throat> at least. Um, among maybe... Um, like I'd have maybe had um, Thiago... Or, sorry, um, Jota along with the front three. You know, not instead of. Um, yeah. I, I actually thought that was... Uh, that was one of the big mistakes, and I'm sure we'll talk about the, the Porto game uh, last night as well. But Concesao um, started with a sort of reserve lineup, and uh, that their you know um, plan was obviously what Patrick was saying there, not to sort of go all out and, and lose the game in the first half or whatever. But I don't know if that's the best approach, especially for Liverpool. I think Liverpool are. Like we've seen it in the last couple of years in the Champions League, especially that the build off, you know, off a of momentum and and off when, especially when they're trying to come back. You know, it's like a. I know it's probably hard to do when there's there's not fans there, but I think the the best way to spark it is pro is like an early goal. You know, and uh, you get that from an attacking lineup and going. You know, because teams don't usually go all out, even if they're trying to win a game, you know, from the word go. But if you, you can always make defensive changes and then be solid when, you know, when you've got back into the game and um, maybe when there's a bit of a lull and then you want to go again in the last 15, 20 minutes. I'm surprised at Klopp. Yeah, I didn't think that's what he would do. Milner's really surprising to me for being in there. Um, I don't know if that's to try and counteract Kroos and Modric. Um, and if he feels like he really needs to physically win that midfield battle, um, and then build from there and go again, um, what do you what do you actually think he's trying to do? Yeah, hey. I think. Uh, oh, go ahead, Paddy. Oh, sorry, I was going to say I, we were so passive in midfield in the first games, especially the first half. Like, kind of offered nothing going either way. And I think, as you alluded to, Milner's there to provide a bit of steel, you know, drop a shoulder on someone and 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 be a bit of a voice on the pitch because. We looked pretty pretty flat in the first leg, um, and as you said about Liverpool, you know it would be our sort of way to to attack early and and in normal times feed off the crowd. I think that has played in the selection that it, you know we're not playing in front of a, a full Anfield that that might sort of act to spur us on. I think we could you know without a, a crowd to sort of lift you. If Liverpool concede an early goal, it would be very easy just for for heads to go and then that's it done because you're having to generate your own energy and things. I think with that. Selection today, it, it's very much let's keep it tight. If it's nil nil at half time, if it's nil nil after an hour, so be it. Then we can throw on some boys and try and make a couple of goals. I, I think it's uh, it's relatively cautious, um, which isn't Klopp's way, but I think that has been dictated by probably playing in a, in a COVID environment. Johnny, can you see Liverpool winning tonight? Mm, don't know, to be honest. Um, I totally agree with Paddy there, by the way. Um, 
if that stadium was full tonight, I think there'd be a different lineup. Um, see, when I look at the Real Madrid team, I don't know half of them now. And you know what? I think that's kind of part of the reason why. Like, remember when Spanish football was on Sky Sports? You used to watch yeah. it every weekend. And now yeah. it's just really not as accessible. But when I looked at that, that Real Madrid team there now, I'm thinking Liverpool are a better team. But then that's because we watch Liverpool every week. But like Paddy said, if that stadium was full tonight, it would be a different story altogether. And they just don't have that momentum of the you know the cop to kind of roar them on. Like, But I don't know. If, if Liverpool do get an early goal, Real Madrid will be nervous, there's no doubt, but to be honest, out of all the teams that are still left in the competition, and it's maybe a strange thing for me to say it as an Arsenal fan, like, but I would want Liverpool to win it. Um, thank you, Jonathan. I what think... about Chelsea, Jonathan? <laughs> no, because you sure are a oil shape and no <laughs> chance. Um, <laughs> Brenton, you touched on the Milner yeah, thing. I'm, I'm delighted he's picked Milner because, um, as Paddy was saying there, we're very passive in midfield. Uh, last week and we have no Jordan Henderson and we've no one actually in that team that uh, apart from obviously Robertson that communicates or communicates loud enough and sort of dictates the team whereas Milner's going to be in there and he's going to be constantly at them the whole game I think we needed that I would have went Milner, Fabinho and Thiago myself um, and I would have went Jota but he's left him on the bench that's what it is what it is no one either has sort of um, mentioned the fact that Firmino's in and he's going to be massive tonight to try and stop and stifle that Real Madrid midfield from getting the base at all. He's going to be that. Hopefully, Modric and Cruz all night not giving them a chance and giving Liverpool a platform to build on. And there's going to be a lot of pressure on him now um, to create something for his two teammates. Uh, I, I don't know. Look, we're we're doing this before the match, so this will be recorded now and I might look silly afterwards. But I know Paddy knows this. I've, I've felt it all day. I just fancy Liverpool to go through tonight. Uh, there is no crowd there, but I think it sounds weird that maybe they owe us one without a crowd to get us through. And I just have a really, really good feeling. So he could have put out the under teams there, and I think I still would have had in my my um my head that uh, Liverpool are still going to win. So I'm actually as well. This is the first time um in months that I've been excited, nervous, felt sick. Uh, had a real buzz about a Liverpool game, so that's nice. Regardless of what happens tonight, it's just nice to feel that again, and um, I'm really looking forward to it. And, and of course, as we said, and, and to move just quickly on, um, the winner plays Chelsea in what could be an unbelievable tie. <laughs> if, if it's Real Madrid against Chelsea, that's mouth watering as it is, especially if Hazard can can be anywhere close to fit Courtois going back to his old club. Um, and if it's Liverpool against Chelsea, well, I mean, nobody needs to be building that up. We know what's coming from there, so that's massive. Brenton, you went through last night, but it wasn't as convincing as you probably would have hoped. It was really weird. Um, it wasn't. It wasn't like a Champions League quarterfinal at all. Um, it, it was like really, as I said earlier, there Porto didn't really try and win it. <laughs> until literally like the last five minutes when um he threw on like three subs at once um and they really pushed um push forward a little um but up until that point like it was almost like Chelsea didn't have to do anything because Porto weren't threatening uh it was just about keeping the ball and um it was really a boring game. It was sort of a non-event. 
Um, so comfortable. Um, I mean, you say it wasn't as comfortable. Yeah, it looks like oh, we only won the tie two one, and um, but the majority of the tie was not like that. Um, Chelsea looked very um comfortable in defence. Porto, especially in the second leg, um, didn't really threaten Chelsea's goal. Um, there was no sustained period of uh, time where you thought they were in trouble and especially after they were down 2-0 from the first leg Porto um, they're not a sort of a team like um, to come out all guns blazing like I thought Liverpool would in the second leg um, that's where I was surprised with the difference but yeah I mean surprisingly for Chelsea uh, you know two legs against Atletico and two legs against Porto very non-dramatic and kind of kind of sealed through I would nearly say is it like that non-dramatic is interesting because this Chelsea team under Tuchel I don't I don't want to sound I know they're a great result the weekend but I don't want to sound like an asshole here but they're not like they're not a team you're going to sit down to watch on the Sunday night if you're neutral because they're going to you know your TV's going to be on it's going to be on real TV to watch they're just like a machine at the minute, aren't they? Has them just sort of like a robotic machine, just getting through. Oh, the Crystal Palace game is different, but the rest of the games just getting them through. I remember they came down feeling Tuchel, and you just sort of felt from the first minute Chelsea were going to win this, like, and they just they, they did yeah. and mount goal, and it's just like right, we're not getting beat. He has them in a real sort of click at the minute. It's, it's sort of, it's quite pretty impressive. It's kind of yeah, it's kind of impressive in a different way. Um, and a lot of the Chelsea sides over the last twenty years have been like that. So it it's almost as if that's what we're used to um, in terms of just going and winning and doing um, like he's really really focused on making the defense solid since he's come in. That's been his you know his one cry the whole time, um, and it's worked. Like um, the players have been there to do it, and again last night he went with massive experience. Um, Aspilicueta, Thiago Silva, Rudiger, so solid. Um, two defensive wing backs, and um, yeah, I mean, it's, it, I, t- I know um, Crystal Palace was really entertaining, and I think he probably need to learn. You know, he know when when the right game is to maybe be a bit more expansive, play Hudson Odoi as a wing back, things like that. Um, but it's good. Um, that can grind out results and it not be too pretty. Paddy, you wanted to jump in there? Yeah, I was, I was going to make a point that Brendan's actually just sort of made it. Um, actually, I watched the, the bonkers PSG Bayern Munich game last night and obviously PSG went into that game with, with a lead in the tie, same same way Chelsea did. PSG set up and just attacked attacked like crazy Bayern's high line and even kept Di Maria on to late and went for it and went for it. I didn't watch the Chelsea game, but looking at the lineup, as soon as I saw it, I was like, that is going to be a turgid game. And I know, obviously, they got the job done. But as Brendan said, they played three centre-halves, two defensive wing-backs, and two holding midfield players. So they essentially had seven defenders. And Mount is quite disciplined even sometimes. Like, he, will, he won't he will ignore his defensive duties. So I'd imagine it wasn't a, a thrill-a-minute game. But I was going to ask Brendan, obviously, results are, are most important, but... You know, do Chelsea fans give a toss about style? Like, 
has this been on Chelsea fans' radar that listen, we're playing some turgid stuff, or do you just see it as we need to be solid, we need to sort of get things right and, and take it from there? Uh, I don't think like to, to be <clears throat> if you're if you're watching them if you're watching every game if you're watching them week in week out, it's actually some of the football they're playing is impressive. I think it's it's a very it's a very thin line between if they if they're putting away a few more chances, I think the results look more impressive and they're very they've got a lot better in a short period of time at holding on to the ball and see what what I think is really impressive is continuing to play out from the back and drag in the opposition's number 10, number 8 and play triangles around them and then you know those sort of half spaces between the forwards and the midfields they're so open to to attack for the likes of Mount and recently for the likes of Kante who's been bursting through those um, areas and it's almost Better, it feels like it's more earned when you play right. I mean, some of the t- I can't believe some of the times Mandy drops the ball to his feet and there's literally someone just waiting for him to do it, and yet he still continues to do it. And the centre back split, and they do it like it's a very brave thing to do. And ninety nine percent of the time they get out of there with space for one of those players going forward. And I think. You know, Pulisic is running into a bit of form. He's actually score. He's actually finishing those chances, and if they just get that last part um, better, it, it's gonna it's gonna make for a lot more entertaining football. I just think that final, and it's obviously the most important point, but I just think that final bit is missing. I don't think the football in total. I, I think Chelsea are playing some really good football at the minute. Honestly, it's not. It's not as Static, as uh, some people are suggesting, I don't think. You just, just have a dig at me there. Perfect. No. Do you want to jump in there? I, I think a lot of no. It's not. It's not. It's not a criticism whatsoever. Like a lot of people now are just obsessed with their team playing fantastic football. Like if if Chelsea shit houses their way to one 0 victories to the Champions League this year, do you think Brandon's going to give a shit? Absolutely no. not. If Arsenal do the same thing in the Europa League, I will not give a shit. I couldn't. Like, it's nice to play good football, but if Arsenal are successful by just winning games 1-0, 2-0 and just being solid, I don't give a shit. I really don't. Like, and I'm, I don't think anybody really would. Like, of course mm. it is nice to see all this nice, sticky football. And this is another thing I've seen even our fans talk about that, like, the other night, the, we'll get to it later on, but the Lacazette goal was like, that's Arsenal Banger football. Like, I, but what about George Graham before that? Like it was always one 0 to the Arsenal. Like it's it's just the way football is now. Like you have to play passing out right in the back, playing nice football. Like who cares? Like it's a results business. Just get the result, and that's how you're going to be successful. No, I would echo that. Like I, I know Paddy would feel the same. Like if Liverpool win tonight and it's three three goals off Milner's arse, I don't care. Like or off Cruz's arse, three young goals. Do you know what I mean? Like, you just at this stage that you're at, uh, at this level, you just want your teams to win. Just win, whatever. Just win trophies, win games. Just keep going and winning. You don't care whatever happens. So, I would echo that. And and, and I hope I, I hope Chelsea fans and listeners don't think I was having a dig. It's just they they weren't lighting up. They don't light up the TV the way other teams have done. But they're still on a winning run or winning a lot of games. Still looking very impressive. 
I still might tip to come third. And like I know if Liverpool get through United, it'll be amazing. But such a deadly game that'll be. And I would fancy them against this Real Madrid side as well under Tuchel. So I mean, it's it's looking alright for Chelsea at the minute. Like, um, Paddy, do you want to jump in? Last, sorry. Uh, uh, I, yeah, I was, I was just going to say that was ridiculous. It's, oh, sorry. What way, Brandon? I'll go after you. I think, I think um, they were saying last night if if Real Madrid get through, um, the last time Chelsea played them in European competition was twenty three years ago. I couldn't believe that. What? Yeah. Was it was yeah, it in the Champions it, League? It, it, no, it was in some. Um, yeah, Toto Cup. Some some stupid like us. Um, yeah, I I just and when you think about it, to have them play them in absolute ages, you just think the amount of teams that are in the Champions League, yeah. they're bound to have met them at some stage in the last twenty years. But no, but sorry, Paddy, go on ahead. Yeah, and I, I also I heard on the radio today that it's Chelsea's first semi final since. 2014, whenever Atletico beat them with Diego Costa and stuff, and that's not yesterday either. Like so, Chelsea have done really well. It sort of brings me on to my next tongue-in-cheek comment. So the, the four potential semi-finalists are Chelsea, well confirmed Chelsea, confirmed PSG, uh, probably Manchester City, and either Real Madrid or Liverpool. Three of those are sort of nouveau, re- nouveau riche, uh, you know, big oligarchs and sports washing and things. Um, is this a sign that, that, that football is dead whenever uh, all these clubs are sort of rising to the top of European competition and, and instead of the more traditional uh, wholesome greats like Liverpool? I think you'll find it's, it's been like this for a while now. Chelsea yes. are now the team with the most appearances in a Champions League semi-final in England, so... Just feel yourself in there, sure. But then again, they've only won it once. And I, I'm not saying a slobber, like, but Liverpool have may not have been in the semi final as much as you, but they've at least won it, what, six times? Eh? It's just. Right, uh, but then, where, where's the argument for Real Madrid? <laughs> no, like, Real Madrid are run by, by the Spanish king or whatever, like, so they're just as bad, like, so. I, I think I saw that, I saw that, I saw something similar to that last night mentioning about it. And about the fact that it's, it's, it's a shame that PSG beat the Bayern Munich. And I could laugh like as if Bayern Munich are like tangibly rovers. Do you know what I mean? As if they're a little minnow from, um, from Europe that, that, that aren't bullying their league to win the league every season and aren't taking players off every club that comes through in their league to so make their own club better. So yeah, it, it's, it, it is, a, it does look weird. Not because Chelsea are in the semi final, because I'm like, Use I probably expect Chelsea now to be in there or thereabouts with the success they've had. And this sounds silly, but it'll look weird if Man City are in it because I mean they've only ever been in it once and they're still tiny. And I mean Real Madrid or Liverpool, those two have won it the most times. And the other one is PSG, who were in the final last year, and we know are coming through. So I don't know. It's it's set up whatever whoever goes through tonight in both these games. The semi-finals are set up to be brilliant, I think, which is kind of what we all want. Um, it's probably the first year in a while that a team like Monaco or Ajax have got haven't got through the semi-finals for a little while, or a team that hasn't looked. No, Porto were there, um, but I mean they proved last night they weren't going to be good enough to beat Chelsea. And if Dortmund do do it tonight, I don't think they'll count because. Dortmund have won it and they've been there before and they've been there recently and they've done quite well in Germany. So, yeah, it's strange. Maybe maybe the, sh- the, sh- the football landscape is changing a little bit, but um, 
it'll just mean Real Madrid will win it. That's what will happen. They'll, we think it's all changed, and then they'll get their 14th title this year. Arsenal are on tomorrow night, JD. They've had a good week so far. You yeah. touched on Lacazette's goal, um, which was very, very nice. Um, the other night. Well, how do you think tomorrow night's going to go? Uh, I think Slavia Prague will win 1-0. I'll move away. Oh my god! I was not expecting that answer. I, I am not. I was not impressed. I was not impressed with Arsenal against Sheffield United one better. What fantastic win against Sheffield United three 0 You're fucking bottom of the league. <laughs> well, well done, like. like why, why are people losing their mind? Oh, fucking Arsenal, fucking win the Europa League. Fuck off, no one. I, I agree with that actually. Like what? What? And Danny Zabayos, everyone thinking because he's done a few flicks that he's freaking unbelievable again. It's absolute shame. He needs to go back to Spain too. Like, you can't just turn up against teams like Sheffield United and just think that I've done enough to warrant a move to Arsenal permanently. No, no thanks. I'm sorry, but you've been here two years and you've been absolute dog shit majority of the time. So, well, like, and Lagazette as well. Lagazette missed an absolute golden chance last week against Slavia Prague. What was he doing? Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, he can go and score against teams like Sheffield United, that's all well and good, but you need to be putting the goals away against teams where it actually matters. Because the league season is dead for us. Long ago, before Christmas, actually. And when the games in, like, Europa League, which matter, that could get us maybe into the Champions League and win a trophy, he's bottling it. Well, I've never brought that up. I I saw a thing um, about um, Arsenal's attack and, and, like I said, Anabamia just not working as a team. Like, I think... There's my Alexis. Oh, so, thinking I'm somebody's not. Well, she's not a Graham either. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, Aubameyang's last goals have come in games that Lacazette hasn't been in and Lacazette's um, goal streak has come when Aubameyang's not been playing. Like, mm-hmm. is that not absolutely jarring and worrying that one of them's going to need to, you know, either sit there and it's not. It's probably not going to be Aubameyang because of the contract. So, you know, someone's got to go, like, Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because the stats are, they're actually awful for when they're playing together. Yeah, no, I agree. Absolutely. Um, I think I maybe mentioned it last week that Lacazette had a good run of form when Aubameyang was missing. Um, and it goes to show he scores against Chavez and everything. But um, it, it, it is weird, but I think Lacazette will definitely be going in the summer. I don't think Arsenal will... Um, Hold on to him because he's only got one year left on his contract now after this year, so they'll have to cash in. And I doubt they're going to want to let him go for nothing the following year. Um, like you, like you did say, Aubameyang's got the big contract, so he'll uh, he'll definitely be staying. But um, Aubameyang hasn't been. Well, you know, saying that, I was actually surprised the amount of goals he has scored because I thought he was doing worse. I think he scored like fourteen goals or something like that, which I know is not a lot by someone of his standard, like, but it's more than what I thought he'd scored. Um, yeah. I, I don't know whether Aubameyang will be playing tomorrow. I think um, the talk is he will be fit. Uh, maybe he should play him, you know, up top instead of out wide in the wing and play somebody like Martinelli on the left. You could see the difference he made on Sunday against Sheffield United. But um, they're just they're a weird animal, Arsenal, right now. You know, we just we play well in some games and then there's other games we're just ridiculous. We just can't seem to get it together. Uh, it's frustrating to watch. It really is. So uh, I, that's why I'm just I'm just really not sure what type of Arsenal is going to show up tomorrow night. I think he's going to win tomorrow night. 
I think Arsenal will go through. I don't I don't think Arsenal will win it, but um I think Arsenal will go through tomorrow night. Well, we'll see. It it might uh, keep the season a wee bit more interesting for me, but go on ahead, um, Patrick. Yeah, go on ahead, Paddy, jump in. I was just gonna ask a question to, to Jerry about Arsenal. Oh, the team seems to change so much. If you were in charge of Arsenal, what is Arsenal's strongest eleven? Like, who would you put on the field? Good question. Uh, shit. Uh, I think Bartolano. Obviously, he's basically like the only keeper really having it. Um, I think Cedric's actually played quite well right back this season over Balleron. Uh Balleron's been a bit hot and cold. Uh, Rob Holding was playing very well, then got dropped real randomly. Um, and Gabriel. But then again, Pablo Mari has also done very well when he's came in. Um, so the centre backs, I don't know, you could probably chop and change them, but it's, it's, uh, it's difficult to know. Uh, Kieran Tierney obviously picks himself. Uh, Thomas Partey obviously starts with, I'll probably say Granit Xhaka because we don't really have anyone as good as him in that position. Uh, Odegaard. Saka. I don't know, it's like Smith Rowe has obviously played very well also. So probably him, because Martinelli hasn't played as much this season. And then probably just go with Aubameyang. Just, you know, because he's a goal scorer. And he he played quite well there when he he was played there. When Lacazette was missing a few weeks ago. And he scored a few goals. Um, but it, it is hard. I, I get what you mean. Like, Arteta is always changing the team. It seems to be every all week there's there's a different player in a different position. Um, Maybe that's what you learned that from Guardiola. Maybe, yeah, but you know what? Guardiola has had some of the best players in the world to rotate, and we don't. We we do have a lot of good youngsters coming through, and they're probably going to be the future for us now. Um, but we have a lot of dead wood still to get out, like I think Elneny and, and people like that probably need to go, and it looks likely Hector Bellerin will go in the summer as well. Not one that I'm... Well, he hasn't been probably as good as what he was before he got the real bad injury, but um, it looks like he's on his way to PSG in the summer. That's a strange one too, like. Yeah, but they were after him last summer, apparently. Um, and, you know, he's the guy that's really into his fashion and stuff, so it might work out well for him in that regard. He has moving all the time. Moving from one fashion brand to another. Yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> you said, yeah. Arsenal of the Paris. But, uh, that, like I said the other day, is like the best thing about Arsenal at the minute is their kits next season. Like, yeah, we do. We do some good stuff with Adidas, like, but uh, like our our kits last season, they didn't deserve to be in Europa League. <laughs> so this season's kits definitely deserve to be in Europa League. Like they are not great, but um, yeah, next season stuff looks good. This season's away shirt looks like a fucking crime scene. It's awful, especially like that. I did bad, obviously, because I just buy all the shirts, and that's kind of the first time I've seen it, like in person. And oh my goodness, it is terrible, really. It really is terrible. Like I put it on, I can see my nips through the, the shirt. So uh yeah. That's not really what something you want to be walking about the street in. People point at your nips. Like look at his It's not a mental picture for the podcast either. Well, I think everyone needs to kind of picture that on a Thursday morning. Well, that's not ruined. Um <laughs> Sticking with a team in Adidas, but a team that, that was quite successful last night, just to segue in, because we we were pushed for time. The Northern Ireland women's team went and did it. They went and qualified for the Euros. The absolute heroes <laughs> went and beat Ukraine 2-0 um, at CV last night. And, like, such a strange evening for me, because 
I was working um, at Shamrock Park, and but everyone wanted me, my laptop on so they could watch the Northern Ireland women's game. So that was on in the background, and and it was it was just lovely. Like it was, it was such a nice. It felt like such a nice moment. And we look, we 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 haven't been involved at all really in anything going on. So um, with the women's team, and, and there's been plenty of people that have done un- unbelievable work across all the media platforms to promote it and to um, showcase it. But just to see the sheer joy come out from them last night, lads, was just it was really special. Like and. and that team is made up of amateurs, and for them to be as fifty ninth, they were ranked, and for them to come twenty something places behind Ukraine, and comfortably put them out and go through the Euros is it feels like a massive moment for for women's sport and for another NI team party to go to another European Championships. Absolutely, yeah, incredible achievement. Like I, I've seen the, the the goals and sort of was keeping keeping across it last night without sort of watching the, the whole game, but. Unbelievable achievement! Like they're nearly thirty places or thirty places ranked lower than the next lowest ranked team in the Euros, um, and they were very unfancied against Ukraine, who are considerably ranked above them too. So unreal, uh, you know, and it's fantastic for for Northern Irish football as a whole to have at least one one team participating in a in a major tournament. So congratulations! And they've all spoken so well across any of the. Uh, radio things I've listened to today. They were actually on Five Live this morning and things as well, and they just seem like a great bunch of great bunch of people. And, and, and Kenny Shields has done a, done a great job. So looking forward to watching them next summer in in England. Johnny, you would obviously you know quite a few ladies footballers that are playing, and, and have you had much chat with them today about how they feel after last night? Um, I haven't been talking to any of them personally, no. But I've been speaking to obviously a, a girl that lives with one of them, and. Just, just that they're all just over the moon. Like they obviously have to quarantine now for five days, but like, what an achievement! Like you know, I'm actually more looking forward to that tournament next year than the Euros coming up this summer because like it's it's girls from our own country, you know, yeah. are going over. And it's just across the water, like so. There's no, there's no reason why the Babel County will go covered. You know what I mean? So uh, <laughs> it's just just fantastic. Like I've obviously seen a few of these girls play for their clubs, um, and they're really talented. Like they really, really are. And, uh, to be honest, it doesn't really surprise me in the qualified because I just think there's so many amazing footballers in Northern Ireland's ladies team that they really do deserve to be going to a major competition. So, like Paddy said, congratulations, girls, well done, and it's going to be great to watch this next year. And the two goal scorers, Mr. Callan and Nadine Caldwell, both play in the Irish League. Yeah, yeah, that's I mean, what, that's it's what, just class, Britain. Uh, yeah, as Jerry was that's saying, I think that was like the most important point. Um, is that they're like normal girls, you know what I mean? Like they're really relatable, and yet they've gone and done this unbelievable thing. Um, and it's gonna be class to watch them. Um, you could see like with as Paddy said, all the interviews, like how invested they were in it. Um, just with all the emotions coming out and stuff afterwards, it was class. Like, um, and again, great team to watch too. Like the um. You know, convincing over the two legs. You know what I mean? Like, I, after being such underdogs, um, so that's something brilliant to look forward to for them. Like, and congratulations to them. Do you think, like, do you think this could be a big moment for women's sport here in Northern Ireland? I hope they capitalise on it. The, the government policies. Absolutely, yeah, definitely. Um, I think to just show them that, you know, that this women's team could just be 
you know, successful as the men's. Like, obviously, the men's team has taken leaps and bounds over the last 10 years, but the ladies' team has just been, like, it's unbelievable. Like, you know, a lot of them have played for, like, Ulster University and stuff. That's kind of how I had seen a few of them play at the beginning and just thought, freaking hell, these girls are unreal, like, you know. Um, but definitely, like, I think this is going to do a lot for our wee country, as I say. Um, there's definitely going to be a lot of interest in this next year, you know. I, I understand maybe not as many people would have watched the Euros next year from this country, but I think now people are going to be right behind them and the likes of Lowry's pubs and stuff, it'll be absolutely bummed, I'd say, like, just to, to watch their games, like, you know, it'll be good out crack in Belfast, like, whatever their games are on. Do you know what I hope they do over here? I hope they do what they did with the men's team, where they had everyone on billboards, you know, from your hometown yeah. or, or the towns you represented. I hope they do that yeah. again with the women's team this year. I hope there's no no expenses spared. You know, really properly have a year now to crack on, promote this, and get everyone behind it. Because I know what you mean, Johnny, as well. It's it's it is something to look forward to. And I felt last night, and obviously I feel tonight with this Liverpool game that um. You know, I was enjoying a bit more football again. Like, it's been a grind watching the Premier League this year. And, and obviously, I've, I've been quite lucky. I've been able to go to some Irish League games, which is, which is different and takes my head away. But I was talking to Brenton off air last night. And I felt like this season is just starting to grind down now. It just feels like it's been going on forever. Um, now, I'll probably win the night for about two hours afterwards. I'll be on cloud nine and I'll be absolutely buzzing. Don't get me wrong, but it still feels like this is just continuous and continuous, continuous. But for that to happen last night, there's no special moment. Um, and just brilliant scenes. And, and hopefully, hopefully we'll be able to chat to some of the, some of the players, um, down the line for some podcast. And yeah, I'd be up for next summer, definitely covering it if we were, if we were able to, and um, do more for it because I think we should. Um, before we finish up, obviously Steve's not on tonight. He couldn't make it, but he'll be back next week. Manchester United had a good win against our old friend Jose Mourinho on um, on Sunday evening, gents. Which is kind of weird because, like, Steve's not on tonight, so we can slag him. Like, we all hit Manchester United and we all hit Steve. But it was kind of nice that to see Jose Mourinho beat, wasn't it? Loved it. Like, like we all, for, for once, like, for once we were all together. It was It was quite nice. We're all in the one, on the one ship, that, on a football match because usually it's like one of us is trying to annoy the other one or uh, whatever's going on, uh, or if it's rugby, we're all together in a rugby. But for this, it was all nice because we all were one common goal was to see Mourinho beaten, and it was quite nice. And and I did enjoy some of the scenes afterwards. There's a little uh, troll in Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, which I have to admit I do respect sometimes. And, and it's coming over to Luke Shaw and giving him a massive high five and laughing his head off in front of Jose Mourinho was an absolute um, chef's kiss uh, for all the football shows out there. Some good goals in that game as well. Like Cavani in the air, Brenton, as someone who's quite good mm. in the air, I mean, he is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, uh, um, it, it just reminds me of that meme of... Um, well, Throw the wee boy Ralph Simpsons. out of the Simpsons, throw, throw, <laughs> throw himself through the window. I, um, I mean, that, there couldn't be a more perfect analogy for Cavani. He just throws his head at everything, like, and he usually connects and connects quite well. Um, Do you know what I want to see? A couple of goals like that this season. I want to see before this, I want to see on the Liverpool United game this season. I don't whatever happens happens, but I want to see for ninety minutes Cavani and Nat Phillips go at it for headers. I, I want to see what that'll be like. You know the the neutrons or whatever the collide. You know that hal- halcyon collider they have, where they have two atoms colliding. 
and yeah. if it goes wrong, it, blow, it completely wrecked the world. That's what's going to happen. That's going to be like that. There are those two going to meet a ball in the air. It's just going to be uh, stupendous. I can't wait for it. If I love Edison Cavani. Yeah. I know he's playing Manchester United. I adore him. I think he's brilliant. Uh, there. That's what I'm saying though. Um, I watched that whole game on on Saturday, Sunday, um, and they're where team United like they really need seem to always need need to go behind or need yeah. to come back to happen before they actually spring into action. And actually, you know, to be fair to them, I know there's no supporters very far from it on this pod, but like. Ever since that Man City result, like that great Man City result, that the two 0 like they've had, like they've just kind of separated themselves. Whereas Leicester have dragged themselves back into that top four race. United have gone the opposite way with some big results, like and looks like they're going to go through again in the Europa League tomorrow night. Like so, to be fair, credit where credit's due. I think they're, you know, and I don't think their running is that hard. Um, certainly not the worst. So, you know, fair play to Ole for that. Like. Yeah, like I, I echo that. Like that was a a really impressive result, and it almost feels like to beat United at the minute, you have to get out in front, not just by one. Maybe have to get out one or two because they do have that resilience that he has got them going. Whether they're going to come back into it now, whether that's going to be enough to mount a serious title challenge uh, next year or a challenge for the Champions League next season, I still don't think Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is the man for that, but. Yeah, he has them purring. They might miss Cavani, but then again, we don't know who they'll replace him with. Um, Harry Kane. Could be. Johnny or Patrick, have you anything to add before we finish up tonight's podcast? Uh, uh, nothing in particular. Uh, just pleasure talking to you guys, and hopefully Steve's back for next week. Um, and yeah, great crack. Oh, that's lovely. How about you, John? Uh, how, 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 you how are you, Phil? Oh, well, as you asked at the start of the show, I'm still fine. Uh, Finn's still asleep. We have a podcast on. I'm absolutely beside myself now with nerves and excitement, so that's quite nice. Um, I'll add in that um, it was good to see Man City beat. Oh, yes. That's always good. Oh, we forgot to mention World Ballon d'Or nominee, Stuart Dallas. What idiots. Fair play to the That was an unbelievable result. I mean, he's playing Liverpool on Monday night, so we might possibly be mentioning him again very soon. Um... If he I hope Manchester, Manchester City are chin tonight too. I'm sure we all hope that. Absolutely. Well, yes. I think that's us definitely not getting anyone from Manchester City on the podcast now. Well, oh well. What do you mean? They're one fan. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh Christ. Uh, well, I think that's us, folks. Um, yes, the Bulls. Awesome. Shout out, Davy Moise. Ah, oh, shout out the Moisey fella and and Messi Lings. Um, catch all our podcasts across all your podcast apps. Um, just search for the Football Babble and you'll find us. Get us on our Patreon at, what is it, Breton? Patreon.com forward slash Football Babble. There you are. Every week. Every week. I just don't know it now because I get too nervous. Um, but as always, thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening, folks. And the three lads, thanks for coming on tonight. I'm chat these in about five minutes anyway on the WhatsApp group. Enjoy the rest of your evening, folks. Good luck. Good luck.